The following is a hoop ball presentation. My name is Lawrence Brooks, and you're listening to the Hoop Ball Mavericks podcast. Ever since I started this podcast, people have been asking me for my betting tips. I always get asked, who you got, Lakers or Clippers, Brady or Mahomes? And I'll tell you what I tell them. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I tell people to bet with my bookie. My bookie rep is rock solid, and they've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the biz. They're the only place I trust to handle my NBA-related bets. The one sports book guaranteed to give me the best bets for Thursday night basketball, Saturday night, and everything in between. And you know me, you know I don't give my stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you've got to be the best at what you do, and my bookie is the best sports book out there, period. It's simple. Sign an inner promo code HOOPBALL and get your deposit match way halfway up to a 1000 bucks. Head over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie. Again, my name is Lawrence Brooks. Thank you for joining the HOOPBALL Mavericks podcast. I am your host, and we are back after a weekend split, and... I'll just say, before I even get started, excuse me if I go on a rant, because we should have went 2-0 this weekend. This should not have been a situation where it should have been a split, but they faced the Washington Wizards on Saturday, which they got a win. Then they turned around and played the Sacramento Kings on Sunday, in which they had a loss. But first, I'll speak to the, the game against the Wizards. First of all, hats off to the Mavericks for winning this game. Um... It started out fast. You know, it, they're, they're a great team when they get out to a great start, playing with a lot of momentum, a lot of energy, sharing the basketball. And again, I know this stat has been brought up, but they're now with, with that win, they were sitting at 22-0 and when leading after the first quarter. I mean, they came out knocking shots down. Luka was on fire. I mean, he literally had, he literally had about four assists in the first three minutes of the game. For the record, he ended this game with 20 assists, which is his career high, and he only had one turnover. Only six players in the history of the game have ever done that. And, I mean, I say all the time that we're just running out of things to say about Luka, but we really are running out of things to say about a 22-year-old superstar that is literally doing it all for the, for the Mavericks and single-handedly keeping them in so many games. When things could go bad, he's right there to produce. He shows up every night. Obviously, he's going to get a couple of days off here and there for rest, especially with such an abbreviated season where the games are every other day. But nonetheless, when he steps onto the court, it's a good chance he's going to perform and perform well. So he ended this game with 31 points, 20 assists, and 12 rebounds, and only one turnover. A guy that has that much a guy that has that much offensive responsibility for him to keep showing up the way he is i think is just i don't want to say it's going overlooked but i think it's really really important that a light is shined on how special it is for him to perform at the rate he's performing now they were playing against a washington wizards team that has been hot lately um they're a team that were that was climbing out of the bottom of the eastern conference has now won, I want to say, nine out of their last uh, 12 games. I want to say I could have that number incorrect, 
But nonetheless, they have been winning and winning at a rapid rate. And so for the Mavericks to come into this game and clicking on all cylinders, again, this was a game for them to get up for because this is an opponent they don't see often. Obviously, they knew the Wizards were a team that was coming in hot. So the, so the Wizards had all their attention, something that the Sacramento Kings did not, or maybe they did. Either way, I'll talk about that in a second. But for this game, the Mavericks started out hot, got out all the way up to an 18-point lead at one point, only for them to get cold. They got cold in the second quarter, and the, uh, the Wizards made a comeback and got into this game, got it to within five before halftime, and from there, it just became a, a, a tug of war, so to speak, the rest of the way. Both teams were making big shots. Both teams went on runs. Both teams um, did what they had to do to stay in this game. And it literally came down to the final possession where Bradley Beal missed a three at the buzzer. But one of the things that stood out to me in this game, I would say, is the fact that they gave up 60 points in the paint to a team that, yes, they can get in the paint, but it just showed, should be noted, Kristaps Porzingis did not play in this game. He is by far their best rim protector, by far their best rebounder. And for him to not be there, they were missing a lot. And it was just, uh, it seemed like there was just a freeway to the basket for the Washington Wizards. I mean, whether if it was Gafford, whether if it was Lopez, whether if it was Bradley Beal, um, Rui Hachimura, Alex Lynn, it didn't matter. Guys were living in the paint because there was no there was no true resistance. I mean, Dwight Powell's going to try. Maxi Kleber, he's more of a help side defender than he is an on-ball defender or better yet, a guy who's going to patrol the paint. Dorian Finney-Smith is a perimeter guy. Bobin can to an extent, but he's just too slow. His feet are too slow. He can't rotate fast enough. But if he's under the basket, obviously he can be a distraction. But nonetheless, to give up that many points in the paint, that is a ton, and that came back to bite them defensively. And as the fact that they went cold, it just created a situation where now they were having to make shots, which they did, but they also put them on the line 31 times. Um, and that's just a recipe for, or it can be a recipe for or for disaster. Luckily, they won this game by one point, but... Again, they had control of this game, but you can't keep control of this game if you're not re- if you're not finishing defensive possession with a rebound, and if you're not able to keep uh, team and if you're not able to to stop teams at the basket. I mean, it doesn't matter who it is. The NBA is such an athletic league that if you don't have anyone to protect the rim to some extent, you're going to have some issues, and that's what the Mavericks ran into in this game. Um, another thing of note in this game is the fact that. Dorian Finney-Smith has been a guy that's been shooting the ball really well. I mean, since about, I want to say, want to say it's about around March 20th, he's been a top five three-point shooter, shooting at about 46.7% from the three-point line. That is, that is, is amazing for a guy who was an offensive project when he came into the game or got to the Mavericks. And for him to shoot this well, this consistently, hopefully it continues, but geez, that is a revelation for this team and something that also should not go overlooked because it was much needed. He was 6 of 9 from 3, 8 of 12 from the field. He had 22 points, 
five rebounds, two assists, one steal. And again, he was one of their better defenders, as he always is. He was a plus four for this game. And he's been an extremely big help, especially considering the fact that Josh Richardson has just been ice cold from the field. He hasn't really given much offensively. And I know there's been high hopes for him coming into this season. We thought that he would kind of be revitalized over here now that there was a little more space for him to operate as opposed to when he was in Philly where the floor was shrunken down because they had so many guys that play closer to the basket, not a lot of outside shooting. You thought the floor would be more spread for him in Dallas and he would have the opportunity to exploit his gifts. But for whatever reason, whether if COVID is still lingering and he won't say, um, whether if it's another bad fit, but he's just not looking right with this group. And I don't know about changing his role or what you should do, but at the same time, I know he's one of their main contributors i don't know who you play maybe you play him less minutes because he's also while being on the floor it's not as if he's guarding the other team's um, primary scoring option or even second scoring option a lot of times so the mavericks brought him in for defense or to beef up the defense while not losing too much offensively but he hasn't been giving as much as maybe they thought he would give i don't know who the who the alternative play would be or like i say unless you just play him less but man he is not giving a lot right now and they're still able to win games but if they want to win bigger they're going to need offensive production from him that's just the fact of the matter because once you get into the playoffs dorian finney smith is going to have incredible defensive assignments i don't know if the three-point shooting keeps up uh maxi kleba he can get hot for 20 points in a night he could have five points. You just never know from game to game. But in particular for the Wizards game, he was five of nine from the field. It was literally all three-pointers. He had 17 points, one um, one assist, one rebound. But again, he's not a, a scoring option that you're looking for every night. Josh Richardson is a guy that they brought in for defensive purposes, but also a guy who they thought could be a playmaker offensively especially scoring the basketball. So that is that is concerning. But nonetheless, they won this game. They were able to get this, put that away. And again, they're always going to get up for the big games. And this was a game they got up for. They had a lot of high energy. Obviously, like I said, their shooting got a little cold and they let the uh, Wizards back in the game. Also, the fact that the Wizards were on the free throw line a lot because they were very aggressive going to the rim. They lead the league in pace, and so they were playing at a, at, a, at a high rate all night, pushing the basketball, which also put um, put the Mavericks in position to have to make some decisions. And obviously, when you when you play at, at the pace that the Wizards play, it's going to ramp up the possessions as well. And they just gave themselves more opportunity. But in the end, Dallas was able to preserve the win, thankfully, and got out of there with the W. Now, as we talk about the Sacramento Kings, this was the third time they played Sacramento within, I want to say, two weeks. This game ended up being um, Sacramento won 111-99. to And again, I've spoken on the podcast about the fact that for whatever reason, the Mavericks do not get up for the lesser opponents. I've also tweeted it out. I don't know what it is. I, I mean, we can point to a lot of numbers to a lot of statistics in terms of how they play and how they fare against some lesser competition. But for whatever reason, they don't bring their A game. And this was another time where it happened. 
They were out. They looked lethargic. I don't want to say that they took the Kings for granted because they know they've lost to the Kings. That's just the fact of the matter. So you can't you can't dismiss it as, oh, it's just the Kings because you've lost to them and you need these wins because you're in a position where you're trying to you're trying to keep position because again right now after this loss they put themselves in a three-way tie for fifth place they're 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 sitting in fifth place along with the Blazers and along with the Lakers but if they don't do thing if if they can't consistently beat lesser opponents which if you take this win if you or I would say if you take this loss and it turns into a win if you take the Chicago loss and turn it into a win, the Houston loss and turn it into a win, the OKC loss and turn it into a win, you're not even looking at this situation anymore. This is no longer even this is no longer even a, a discussion because they would be sitting comfortably in first place. So here we are with a loss to the Kings, and now we have to deal with this. So a couple of things about this game. The first thing that stood out to me is just like I said, the energy. They just looked really, they just looked lethargic in this game. And it could be just because it was a back-to-back. But again, these guys are professional athletes. It's not like this is their first rodeo with a back-to-back. They know what it takes to come out and, and win on back-to-back nights and what you have to do. And in this game, they just didn't bring it. From the start, it just, it just looked nasty. And obviously the biggest thing of all is they shot 17% from from the three-point line. Now, it doesn't matter what happens. For a team that is predicated on shooting three-point shots, you cannot shoot 17% and expect to win, especially when you combine that with the fact that Porzingis did not play in this game, so he was out. So that also adds another level of difficulty. Then, they're also not the greatest rebounding team so it's not as if they're going to dominate the glass although they did win this game on the glass 40 to 38 but that's not the norm for them they don't always win the rebounding battle and the fact that they've lost to this team two times prior to this and so when you have those combinations you think that they'd want to come out and get a win now i just talked about how dorian finney smith and Maxi Kleba both had great games the night before. Dorian Smith had 22, Maxi Kleba had 17. Then you roll into the Sacramento game and neither of these guys play well. I mean, like I said, I I just spoke on how Josh Richardson isn't giving you anything. Then you come into this game, Josh Richardson barely shows up. You get nothing from Dorian Finney-Smith. He was literally 0 for 5 from the three-point line. Maxi Kleba was one of seven from the three-point line. And you also did not have Tim Hardaway Jr., who did not play in this game. So you don't have Tim Hardaway Jr., who's your other um, best jump shooter outside of Luka, and or arguably Porzingis, and Porzingis didn't play. So you don't have neither of those two guys. Then two, two or three guys that you really would need in this game did not show up, which was also a recipe for disaster. So it was just bad all the way around, and they just cannot lose these type of games. Again, Luca, he played reasonably well, but I mean, he ended up getting tossed from this game. He was frustrated early and often. He has six turnovers. He had a nasty sequence in the third quarter where these guys just didn't score. They went through a scoring drought, had multiple turnovers, bad shots, bad decisions. 
Um, but he ended up with 30 points, six assists, two steals. But again, those six turnovers is a far cry from the previous night when he only had one turnover and 20 assists. But this game is inexcusable because as a team that's fighting to stay out of the play-in spot, now you're in a three-way. So literally, so they play Miami tomorrow night. They could lose and be in seventh place in a in a split of a second. I mean, if the Lakers win and Portland wins, but Dallas loses, that's exactly where they sit. So they go from sitting firmly in the fifth place if they beat the teams that I just mentioned and take care of business last night to now having to fight. It's literally, I know I've been saying it's must win, but it's really must win time now. If they want to stay out of the playing spot, because at worst, they will at least be there. But if they want to avoid that, which it sounds like they want to, based on the sound bites Mark Cuban is given, Luka Doncic is given, and the overall feel of the team, they will need to take care of business against lesser opponents. But the Miami Heat is not a lesser opponent, so maybe they'll be up for this game. Hopefully they get Porzingis back. They should have Tim Hardaway Jr. back. He had a well-deserved night off. But again, just an inexplicable loss to an opponent that is not looking to win games but they sure Marvin Bagley sure looked like he wanted to prove his point in in a game where obviously most people are saying they missed on Luka so he wants to prove prove himself against the team that didn't or uh, against the team that took the guy that they're talking about should have went over him and he played well they could they had a hard time containing him they had a hard time containing Buddy Hill DeLon Wright iced this game in the fourth quarter when it was nip and tuck and where the the Mavericks maybe could have made a comeback. He shut the door on them. Um, he was 7-9 from the field for 14 points, had five assists. But just an overall bad loss for the Mavericks. And these are the type of losses that they've had all year. And it, it started, now it's coming back to haunt them. So hopefully they can get back on, on, on a winning streak starting against Miami tomorrow night. We'll see what happens. But... 17% from the three-point line, 42% overall from the field. That's just not going to cut it, especially when you allow your opponent to shoot 55% from the field and 39% from the three-point line. So I'll, I'll end my rant on that game. I just want to point out some of the numbers and how they performed and what it looked like for me. And again, I, I've gotten away from saying games they should win because we they've proven that for whatever reason, they played down the competition when it's games that aren't necessarily big games so in the playoffs every game's a big game so maybe we get maybe we get big game dallas when they when they really really counts but these games they still have to take care of business and with the opportunity to, to solidify fifth place this is an incredible chance for them to not only move up and or stay atop the standings and out of the play-in game but to have you know a somewhat I wouldn't say favorable matchup, but if it's as it stands, I'm pretty sure they feel good playing the Clippers, especially considering how they played against them last year. I think they would feel good about playing against them again this year. I know they would be out for blood based on how they got beat by the Mavericks last year, but I think the Mavericks actually match up a little better than what most may think um, playing against the Clippers because they don't really have a big that's going to do a lot of damage. They got those. They got two guards, but the Mavericks have been solid all year defensively, and they really don't have anybody that can stop Luka. Like, literally no one. So, I don't know. That's just my two cents on it. But they have the, they have the heat tomorrow night. We have to start there. We can't look into the playoffs too early because they could be in seventh place and none of that even matters. So, thank you guys for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Please subscribe and download the podcast on all streaming platforms. Leave a, leave a five-star review. 
leave a one-star review tell me how you like it talk to me on twitter i'm at lb said it that's l b s a i d i t and at hootball mavs again i'll see you guys tomorrow night you guys be safe talk to you soon go mavs This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.